Scotty. How you guys going? It's good. I've never seen Moana, so if you want to tell me what happens later, I'll be down with that. But not right now. Don't tell me now. Hey, um, a lot of you may not have met me, but my name's John. If you haven't met me, if you have, well, we've met, and it's good to be here together. We're going to look at that passage together. And you guys need to know that I've been praying for you today. I've been praying that you'd hear the things that God's Word says in that passage um, and that your lives will be changed because I really want you to hear what this passage has to say tonight. I actually want to pray one more time. And so would you please join me? And we're going to pray to God. Let's pray. Father God, our minds are busy. We've been having a good time tonight and there's all sorts of things flying around our heads right now. But God, we pray right now that you'd please clear our minds And make us ready to hear you speak. Father, help us to concentrate. Help us to understand. I pray you'd help us to understand how we can have forgiveness. Amen. All right, now in a group of people this size, and it's a good group of people, by the way, there's a huge crew of you here tonight, I reckon there's going to be people who are in a whole bunch of different places. Some of you, I reckon, tonight... I reckon you might feel a little bit like you don't belong. At least you don't really belong in a church. And when you think of God, maybe the first thing that comes to your mind is guilt. You think of God, guilt. I feel bad. You know that God's there and you know what he wants from you. You know, you know he wants you to live a certain way and you know you haven't done it. And so maybe when you think of church and, and all that kind of stuff, the first thing you think is just, I feel a little bit guilty. So you look at your life and you wonder... How could God, who sees everything, who even knows my thoughts, how could a God who sees everything, knows everything, ever have me back? How could that kind of a God want anything to do with me? How could someone like me come back to God? I reckon some of you might be asking that question. So it might be if you think about your life, you've messed up. Maybe you've messed up with sex. And so uh, you lost your virginity a while ago. And so you kind of go, you know what, figure it doesn't really matter what I do anymore. I've kind of stuffed it anyway, so I may as well keep going. I've already stuffed it. Um, maybe it's porn. Uh, you don't like it. You don't like that that's in your life, but that's where you're at. And you just can't seem to stop. And so you think, what would God really think of me? If he sees me for who I really am, what would God think of me? So maybe you're the person who's living the double life. You put on a good show when your parents are around, but it's a different story on a Saturday night. Maybe it's a different story on a Friday night. Now, you can fool your friends, you can fool your family, you could fool your leaders here at youth, but you can't fool God. And the reason is because he sees everything. And so if you met God today, if you came face to face with God today, honestly, where would you stand with him if you met God today? How can someone like me come back to God? I reckon some of you are feeling that question tonight. But it could be that you're in a place where actually you can't relate to anything I just said. You hear all that and you go, that's not me at all. Because on the flip side, there's going to be people here tonight who reckon that they're pretty good, who think they're doing pretty good with God. And you figure that you and God are sweet. 
God's got no problem with you. You're not perfect, but you try pretty hard. You do pretty well. You go to youth each week. You don't swear. You don't drink. You don't have sex. You don't lie. You don't steal. And lots of people would say, hey, that person's a pretty good person. Now, whether you're in that first group or that second group tonight, all of us are in for a huge surprise when we look at this part of the Bible together. Because in this passage tonight, two people come, they come to meet with God. They go to see God. They go to pray to God. One of them is a spiritual stuff-up. The worst of the worst. The other guy thinks that he's got it all together. But the story has a hectic twist in it. A crazy twist. And so tonight, as we look at this passage, we're going to see something huge about God. And we're going to see something huge about ourselves and how we can know that God. And it really is too good to miss. Seriously, it is too good to miss. It is the best news in the world. Verse 9 in the passage sets the scene for the story. Check out verse 9. Jesus says there, To some who are confident of their own righteousness, that is their own goodness before God, and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So there's these people who think they're better than everyone else, they're doing pretty good, they're looking down on other people because they're the good guys, and Jesus is talking to those people and he's telling this story. And here's the first big thing to see tonight, and it's this. If you think you've got it all together, if you think you're one of the good ones, you are further from God than you realise. See, in verse 10, two people come to meet God. Check it out, verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. These guys couldn't be more different from each other if they tried. They seriously couldn't. It's, it's, it's meant to sound like the beginning of one of those jokes, you know. Two people walk into the bar. One of them's the Pope, the other one's a drug dealer. And you're meant to be like, what are these guys doing together? They don't belong together. The first guy is a Pharisee, and he looks like he's got it all together. He's a religious guy that everyone thought was good. The other guy is a tax collector, which meant that everyone saw him as the scum of the earth, the worst of the worst, a complete stuff-up. Now check out the good guy, the Pharisee. Look what he prays in verse 11. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give away a tenth of all I get. Now this guy sounds arrogant. He sounds like he's full of himself, doesn't he? But the thing is, if anyone had a reason to talk like that, this guy actually did. He actually did that stuff. He was devoted to God. He wasn't stealing from other people like the tax collector. And it wasn't just the things that he didn't do. Verse 12, did you notice? He fasts twice a week. That's going without food out of devotion for God. Not like once a year, twice a week he does that. Some of you guys will know my mate Hazy. Uh, when he was in high school, he failed at doing the 40-hour famine twice, okay? So as in he went around, he did the fundraising, got all the money together, got behind him, let's do the 40-hour famine, and then he chickened out on the famine a bit and couldn't do it. He just wanted to eat food, right? Now, I'm no better. I've never done the 40-hour famine. I haven't even tried. This guy was so devoted to his religion that he was doing that twice a week. He was fasting twice a week. He gives away a tenth of everything that he has. He gives it away. How many of us do that? Give away that sort of money. This guy was impressive. Now, sure, he sounds arrogant. That's because he's actually got something to be pretty proud of. But here's the thing. 
although this guy looked the part, although he looked pretty good, he was further from God than he realised. Now, that's a big claim, and we're going to come back to that later on. But before we do, I want us to see the other guy who comes to God to pray. And here's what we're going to see. If you're a spiritual stuff-up, you are closer to God than you realise. Look at verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy. Now, tax collectors were the worst dudes. They really were. They were complete grubs, right? They were bad dudes. They were hired by the Romans to collect money from their own people, but they were corrupt. And so not only were they working for the enemy and taking money for them, they were also stealing money from their mates to keep it for themselves. This guy's a complete dog, right? Imagine like a politician who like taxes people and gets heaps of money off Australia, except instead of spending on roads and hospitals or whatever, he's like, sweet, I got all my money. I'm going to build a big mansion and buy a bunch of drugs and stuff like that. This guy was the worst of the worst but look at what he prays he says God have mercy on me I'm a sinner now mercy is when you don't give someone the punishment they actually deserve it's not giving someone what they deserve for what they've done now this guy knows that he deserves God's judgment he knows it and so he asks God for mercy But here's the incredible thing. Look at what Jesus says in verse 14. I tell you that this man, the sinner, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. That means right with God. He went home right with God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Guys, that is huge. I've been praying all day that you would understand what that's saying there. The sinner, the spiritual stuff up, was the guy who went home right with God. You've got to get this, though. you seriously got to get this, right? Listen up. This is important. This isn't just like a morality tale about not being proud, okay? So if you think you're heaps good and all that kind of stuff, you're really proud of yourself, you're going to get wrecked, but if you're sorry and you know that you're a bad guy, then God's going to forgive you. No! That's not what this is saying. Jesus isn't just saying that God's heaps chill about sin and he'll let it go as long as you're not too proud of yourself. No, 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 no. Jesus is teaching us here about God's mercy. That's what this is about. It's about mercy, his forgiveness for sinners who come to him. And that's forgiveness that is only possible because of Jesus. Like someone who jumps in front of a bullet to save someone else, Jesus throws himself between us and God's right anger at our sin. And he did that to save you. He did that on the cross when he took your place on the cross. He took the punishment that you deserved so that you don't have to. And because of the cross of Jesus, and only because of the cross of Jesus, can Jesus say right here, it was the tax collector who went home right with God only because of the cross of Jesus. Let me see if I can make this clear of a story, right? Years ago, I was on a date. I was on a date with my, the person who's now my wife, Lyndall, but we weren't married at the time, and I was trying to impress her. So we went to Avoca and went for a swim. But the problem was we both got caught in a rip, which didn't make me look too cool straight away. Um, now, I was a stronger swimmer than her, and I was like, I'm going to look good, we're going to get out of this, I'll save you, and all that kind of stuff. 
And so I thought, I thought we're going to be fine. But we're, get, we're in this rip, we're getting sucked out to sea. Now you guys tell me, I'm the better swimmer, you tell me, maybe you don't tell me, maybe think to yourself, who do you reckon was in more danger that day? Me, the guy who could swim good, or Lyndall, the one who wasn't very good at swimming? Oh, you guys are smart. Well, let me tell you how it played out, all right? We're swimming away, we're trying to get out of this rip, couldn't get anywhere, and eventually this surf lifesaver guy, I didn't even see him coming, kind of appears out of nowhere next to us, and he's like in the speedos, and he's swinging one of those floaty things, and he's like, are you guys okay? Are you in trouble? And at this point, I'm pretty embarrassed, because I'm like, nah, man, I don't, want, I don't want to get rescued by a lifesaver. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're fine, we're cool, we're just, uh, just swimming our way back into shore, we'll be right. And Lyndall's like, no, I'm, we're not fine at all. And the next thing, a jet ski pulls up. I've never been rescued by a surf lifesaver, right? right? This jet ski pulls up, and I'm just like so embarrassed at this point, I'm just like pretending to be chill. Lyndall just jumps straight on the jet ski. She was on in a flash, she's just on. And the lifesaver's like, do you want to get on and go into shore now? And I'm like, nah. I'm, I'm good, I'll probably swim in, like I'm pretty tired, I'm probably not even going to make it in, I'm like, nah, I'm good, I'm cool, I'll swim in. Now ask you the question again, who was in more trouble that day? Me, it wasn't Lyndall, it was me, the one who thought they were better than they actually are. Now eventually the lifesaver was like, dude, just get on the jet ski, and I was like, okay, and then I got on, and the only thing that was hurt was my pride, but it wasn't great. But you get the point, if you know you've messed up, if you're super clear that you're just a giant stuff-up, well, good news, you're closer to God than you realise. But don't just stay where you are, because until you come back to God, you are still in massive danger. You will face God's anger at your sin on your own unless you do something about that. And so what you need to do is you need to put your hand up. You need to start waving for help. You need to say, I need you, God. I actually need a rescue. I need help. I need saving. That's what you've got to do. And so here's the thing we've all got to get tonight. And this is big. Every single one of us needs forgiveness. Without exception, every single person here needs forgiveness. And so ask God for mercy in Jesus. Take this tax collector's prayer here and make it your own tonight. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. When you do that, you, you take Jesus as your king, as your boss, and you start following him, and you ask God for forgiveness. And the good news is you can be forgiven. And it's seriously the best thing in the world. It's the best thing. It is too good to miss. You can be forgiven. That can be yours. You know that feeling when you hurt someone that you love? You know, you feel so bad and you wish it didn't happen, but you did it and you can't really take it back and you can't wipe away the past? That's like us and God. But it's so much more serious than a friend you've hurt. But forgiveness means all that can be wiped away. And so you don't need to feel the guilt anymore. You don't need to be afraid of God anymore. There's nothing coming between you and him. That's what forgiveness does. But you've got to come to him. You've got to actually come to God and ask him for forgiveness. But here's the thing. If you're the person here tonight that thinks that you're all sweet with God and you'll probably be right on your own, you need to hear a serious warning. Your pride will send you straight to hell. Not because pride's some special sin that God gets particularly angry at, everything else is fine, but pride's no good. No, no, no. 
But because you think you're better than you are, because you think you don't need the rescue, you're in danger of your pride dragging you right to hell. We are all sinners. And so if you're going to go through life thinking that you're just good enough with God and it'll all be fine, you're going to miss out on the rescue that you so desperately need. You'll miss it. Spiritually, it's like you're on the verge of drowning. And just like me, you're too proud to admit that you actually need help. You're no better. We've all sinned. We've all stuffed up. So stop trusting in yourself. Stop trusting in me to save me by what I do and follow this tax collector's lead. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Ask God for that. And guys, here's the thing. If you pray that sort of a prayer to God... That means an instant transfer from one category to another. Instant. Like saying, I do, at your wedding, right? If you ever get married, at the point that you're saying, I do, you've, Im- you've immediately permanently changed categories from someone who at one point was not married, and then you say, I do, and now you're married, okay? It's not as if you're trying to make yourself married at that point. It's just happened. Verse 14 says that the sinner went home right with God. He went home that day righteous before God. It changed instantly for him on that day. And so here's the thing. You could have walked in those doors tonight. You're watching Moana mucking around, lighting stuff on fire. You could have walked in those doors a long way from God, stuck in your sin, and maybe not even knowing that you needed a rescue in the first place. You could have walked in those doors like that tonight. But if you put your trust in Jesus tonight and ask God to forgive you, He will. He really will forgive you. You walk back out those doors forgiven by the God of the universe, permanently forgiven. Isn't that the best news in the world? Seriously is. Now, praying a prayer like that isn't some magical thing. It's just the way of telling God that that's where your trust now is. It's your way of saying to God, God, Jesus is my king now. Jesus is my saviour now. I'm following him. He's saving me. You could pray a prayer like that along with me in your heart if you want to make this prayer your prayer tonight. You can change from being someone who's facing the anger of God to someone who's forgiven. You can do that tonight. Here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, God, I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. I'm going to pray, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner, just like the tax collector. I'm going to say, thank you for Jesus. And say, please help me to follow Jesus as my king. I'm going to pray that prayer. And if you want to join me, pray with me in your own head. Let's pray now. God, I'm sorry that I've sinned against you, my creator. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Thank you that in Jesus I have forgiveness. Please help me to live with Jesus as my King from now on. Amen. All right. Scott is going to tell you what to do if you prayed that prayer with me just now. Yeah, wow. That's, um, that's huge. I wonder if you've...